0: founded in 2008 review pro now works with over 45,000 hotel locations several hundred brands doing about 15 million bucks in run rate or about 1.2 million bucks per month they're growing about 30% from 2017 to 2018 so do it doing call call it you know uh, uh well a little less than that, obviously about a year ago they've raised less than 5 million bucks to grow this brand and in 2016 sold 80% of it for about 28 million bucks to a uh, another firm. He uh, RJ is staying on to continue growing the company. Obviously incentivized with equity as well. Economics healthy, less than 10% revenue churn per year. As team uh, his team of 110 people in Barcelona and remote. Again building up these four modules. Probably have some additional ones on the way to continue driving more usage, more adoption, and more value for these hotel brands. Hello, everybody. My guest today is RJ Friedlander. He's an entrepreneur and investor based in Barcelona. He's the founder and CEO of a company called ReviewPro, the world leader in guest intelligence for the hotel industry. Focusing on hotel tech, the guest experience, or entrepreneurship, he's spoken at more than 100 events worldwide, from prominent industry conferences to annual strategy meetings of renowned hotel brands. An enthusiastic and natural storyteller's compelling presentations explore the latest trends and technical innovations impacting reputation and enabling savvy hoteliers to gain a competitive advantage. RJ, are you ready to take us to the top.
1: Absolutely. Thank
0: you. All right. You mentioned renowned hotel brands. I'm curious, which brand uh, annual strategy meeting did you present at that we would all know?
1: Well, brands like, if you're European based, for those of you that are on this side of the pond, uh, brands like Kempinski, um, Amon Resorts, um, large brands like Radisson. So uh, today we work with 43,000 brands uh, across ac- across the globe and from all different segments. For so, you pro for Review Pro, absolutely. That, and just are those
0: 43,000, those are all paying or are they on like a free plan?
1: No, those are all paying clients. So we have, everything is a B2B SaaS product, right? And so we have clients that pay us for our tools. So there are a number of different, we have four different tools. And then we also sell data to destinations. So on the tool side, there's about, um, it'd be about 35,000 uh, hotels that pay us a monthly SaaS fee for one or for all of our our 20, and then we have uh, the, the balance of ten thousand pairs for our data.
0: That's interesting. And that data thing really is what more like a one-time productized service every now and then.
1: No, it would be, for example, like in the UK, the Automobile Association of the UK uh, uses our data. Uh, in that case, it's uh, five thousand hotels as a part of their national star rating system. So, no, it would be uh, it would be uh, through our API and ongoing feed where they're using our data um, as a part, um, you know, of and combining that with other data sets.
0: I see. When you look at your historical revenue over the past 12 months, what percent was based on the data feed versus the 35,000 hotels actually paying you?
1: Everybody's paying us for data. Um, so hundred percent of our, our revenue comes from B2B SaaS for data in, on the tool side. So they're using our data through our, our dashboard and they have access to our analytics and our reports. Um, that would be in terms of, uh, of revenue would be like 95% or oh, over see. 90%.
0: I see. Okay, great. And R- and RJ, I mean, what got you, you know, this is a very fascinating space with the advent of kind of Airbnb, but people still craving hyper-curated experiences. What got you into this space in the first place?
1: Well, I was working, I was previously CEO of digital media for the largest media company in Spain. And that was back in the old days before, uh, well, right when user-generated content was kicking off. Uh, it started uh, an obsession with photography and using Flickr Early on, I really saw and felt that there was um, this unstoppable force of user-generated content. I always like B two B business models, um, personally more so than B two C. Um, I like aggregation business models where you're taking data and you're adding value because of the inset- insight you can drive through quantitative and qual- qualitative analytics. And so, it really, uh, Review Pro was born out of that original interest and obsession with user-generated content. And sort of a reverse engineering of where would there be an opportunity and where could we grow a great business?
0: And when did you launch the company? What year?
1: So uh, we started coding in January of 2008. We signed our first paying client in September 2009. But also Review Pro is a, an interesting story from a capital standpoint. I funded the company for a year and a half. Um, we raised a total of 5 million euros in equity, which to build a global uh SaaS business model uh where we work with as we said uh 45,000 hotels 150 countries we support uh the product and and account management in seven languages to have built all that on only 5 million was a bit of an achievement and, and RJ for, how much how much did you put in personally? Um
0: of the 5 million I put in much less than others. Oh 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 <laughs> so sorry the, the what you put in to fund it for the first 12 months that's included in the 5 million not on top of.
1: Exactly. Okay. Now the total yeah,
0: exactly. Total funding of about five million. I see. No, that, that I mean, look, that is fantastic. So, so help me understand. You know, launched in two thousand eight. You're scaling up today. What's the team size today? How many people?
1: Today we're um, we're about 110 people globally. Uh, the majority are in our boss, our Barcelona headquarters, and then we have people in the U.S., Singapore and Eastern Europe. That's great.
0: And then give me, I want to kind of dive into maybe a, a unique kind of customer story. I'm sure you have, uh, you know, many different customers. You have already articulated. There's two types. One that's a data play. One that's kind of directly using via your interface. Help me understand though on average, I mean, what's a customer paying per year for this sort of thing?
1: Well, again, we have four products. Uh, we have the online reputation. We have surveys, both in stay and post day. Um, then we have uh the ability to for our clients to assign tasks and basically have a case management system, and that's all wrapped up in a in a, a guest messaging hub, so they can communicate both pre-stay and during-stay. So again, it depends on what the mix of the product suite is, but um, you know, to give you an idea, this year we'll do over fifteen million dollars in revenue.
0: Five zero or one five. One five. One five. okay, great. Uh, so 15 million, um, if I obviously divide that by 12, that puts you out, I think about 1.2 million uh, per month, right? And then divide 45,000 customers into that. Each one's paying 20, 30 bucks per month. Is that right?
1: Um, no, the math doesn't really work out that way. Cause the data, the data on a per unit basis is much less. Um, so no, the, it, 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 the well, let math me, isn't.
0: So what is the 45,000 though? Is that, is that brands or locations of the hotels?
1: So that would be individual hotels. So for example, we work with Radisson globally. That's our largest brand. So um, uh, Radisson Hotel Group has multiple brands. All of those hotels worldwide uh, use our online reputation, our surveys, our case management. Um, and so how many logos,
0: was, RJ, then do you work with?
1: Uh, brands. Uh, we don't look at the business that way, but it would be hundreds and hundreds. Okay. Now what I'm trying
0: to get a sense of is about how many locations per logo you're working with, do you you average? And that helps me get a sense of what size of brands you're working with.
1: Yeah, but we work across all segments. So for example, our smallest client is a hotel that has seven rooms. Uh, They have one property, it's an independent property with seven rooms, and our our biggest client, as I said, is is Resin that has uh, 1300 properties globally. So that was one of our successes as a SaaS company, is we were able to build a product that was relevant for all segments and that we were able to build a a customer acquisition strategy built around content, and we were able to drive leads and volume across all segments. And then while we also, and obviously do face-to-face sales, a large large part of our sales are done over the telephone and remotely. So that was what allowed us to scale the business. Um, You know, I sold the company uh, about two years ago to the largest uh, hotel technology company in the world. It's called Shiji. Uh, when we sold the company, we had 62 full-time employees, right? And so we've grown the business and the team significantly since since the acquisition. But um, we were a very, very optimized um, uh, company that was very capital efficient and mm-hmm. and our ability to build a great product uh, and scale the business. And and the reported price on that was 35 million bucks. Is that accurate? Um, well, they acquired they acquired 80% initially, and the price was higher than that. Okay.
0: So yeah, the, the, the reporting, diving deeper on that, they said they paid about 28 million bucks to take about a 79% stake in the, in the company, which would value the company at 35 million at that point. Is that, are those numbers wrong? Uh, it's, that's pretty close. Pretty close. Okay. And so here's my question to you. It's very, you know, I run a very small private equity firm. And one of the difficult things is once you make somebody rich, it's very hard to retain them. Uh, so why are you still at the company?
1: Right. Well, first of all, I love the business, and I love the team, and the product, and our clients. And when Shiji acquired us, we had just launched two of our of the products I mentioned. We just launched two, so they acquired us at a point where you know I, I live in Barcelona, so to use football terms, it was it felt like halftime. Right? There was still a lot. There was a lot uh, of work to be done. Um, you know, as a CEO, as a person emotionally and professionally vested in this company. So a lot of the motivation came from that, the fact that there was still a lot to do. Secondly, when Shiji acquired the company or 80% of the company, they gave us, um, you know, they they invested into the balance sheet. So all of a sudden we had more capital to scale the business than we'd had to get it to that point, right? So we had more resources after being bootstrapped for so long. Uh, Thirdly, that 20%, um, I, I have the, you know, the, the a significant part of that 20% and an agreement to stay with them and puts to, for them to acquire the rest of the shares over three years. So two, two years has passed. Um, we're on path, we're on track to, by the end of next year, to more than double the the size of the company. So there was a, there was a motive motivation emotionally, lots of work to be done. And then there was also an interesting and motivating, uh, uh Incentive economically to continue growing the business so, as we've done. So,
0: RJ, just to be clear, that twenty-eight million bucks that Shiji paid, that that all went to the balance sheet, meaning none of that was secondary. You took no money off the table.
1: No, no, not at all. So, what happened was uh, our original investors, which were individual investors uh, and uh, uh, some some well known some well known uh, entrepreneurs, and then also a small venture capital fund. They they earlier on, they all exited with between a two and a half and a 28 time return. So um, all of our original investors left the left and they were paid out. Um, And then there was an additional, there was an additional investment into the balance sheet. So no, the the 28 million was not all into the balance sheet. There was secondary plus uh, investment for growth. Guys, just
0: want to give you a heads up. I will be in Sydney on December 3rd and 4th speaking at SaaS Stock Australasia presenting an entirely new data set focused on companies in Asia benchmarks of Asia SaaS companies including obviously Australia as well. It's going to be a really special data set. You know, the trends I see in that data is very different than trends I see in European or North American SaaS companies. So you want to be there. You're also going to learn from a lot of great speakers. Zero will be there, Chargebee charge G two Zora is going to be in town. LB Harvey from Intercom will be there, so it's an event you don't want to miss. Lots of investors will be there as well. And as you know, SaaS Stock always does an incredible job with the number one SaaS conference in Europe in Dublin. Over five thousand people. They're now bringing it to Australia, specifically Sydney, for SaaS Australasia. So I hope to see you there. I do have ten discounted tickets. It's twenty five percent off. The code to use, remember this, is Latka, my last name. L A T K A. 25. The number is 25, Latka 25. So go to NathanMaca.com forward slash Sydney right now to use that coupon code. When you do that, email me that you did it. And as a thank you, as a reward, because I love meeting people in person, we'll set up a 10 or 15 minute one on one time session at Sydney in between when I'm speaking. We'll get some time in the hallway or our conference room or our meeting room together. I would enjoy that. So NathanMaca.com forward slash Sydney, use code Latka 25. Love to see you there December 3rd and 4th in Sydney. And help me understand growth today. If you're doing call it 15 million run rate today, what were you at about a year ago?
1: Uh, Well, last year, probably you do math quicker than I do. And uh, in 2017, we grew 36, almost 37%. Uh, This year, we're over 30% growth and uh, we're expecting strong growth next year as well.
0: That's great. Okay. Yeah. So 30% growth. I mean, that puts you at about something around like 980 grand a month back about a year ago, something like that. Sound about right? If you say so. These are <laughs> details. That, uh, yeah. 30, 30% though. 30% year over year is what you've hit. Um, walk me through where most of that growth is yeah, coming. In, in
1: seventeen,
0: we grew 37. Okay. And where's most of the growth coming from? Is it coming from selling additional modules to the same brands or adding new brands entirely?
1: Well, what happened was it's a combination today. They're very, our core product or the backbone of our product suite is the online reputation. Most, uh, hotel brands have a product there. So our growth is coming from, um, stealing, uh, or acquiring, uh, brands that are using different products. So that's a part of the growth. I like stealing way better.
0: It sounds way, sounds way more aggressive. I like
1: it. Yeah, exactly. We like to steal
0: clients. (laughs) So churns, churns critical RJ in this business. How do you analyze your churn and, and what is it today?
1: Yeah, we have a phenomenal uh, success rate there. Uh, we our, our churn rate is less than 10%. So that's um, less than 10% revenue churn per month per year. Absolutely. That's great. And so we're this is one of the reasons we were able to grow is because we always focused on data, the fact, and proposition of clients. Um, myself and the other two founders, we didn't come from the hotel industry, so we didn't have the hubris or arrogance to think we knew what our clients needed. We were really good curators of listening to what they said they needed and then actually developing the right product for the, for the market based on those inputs. And um, by that focus on data, that focus on value proposition, really listening and developing the right product, it allowed us to have a, a really um, exceptionally um, uh, high re- renewal rate
0: yeah so we talked about less than ten percent revenue churn per year, so that's on obviously on a gross basis. I imagine when you add back expansion revenue, do you go over a hundred percent net revenue retention on the cohort
1: yeah the um so actually, I can't answer that question why they, no because I don't have the data exactly where it is because what happens is our the 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 way that our and we don't really work on a cohort analyzing monthly cohorts what we do is we look at brands we look at oftentimes what happens is brands will uh, acquire other brands um you know they'll retract so a hotel brand especially the medium and especially and even more so the large ones have a lot of inflow and outflow and so what we measure first and foremost is our client retention so on a brand level and then what we look to do is we look to grow um, our products, sell additional products to existing clients, and then also obviously add new brands. So the, your question, you know, we have, I would say, detailed, uh, comprehensive metrics, but we don't measure the business exactly how you explain. So that makes
0: sense. How, well, I guess, what metric do you use to understand how effective your sales team is in getting customers to adopt new modules?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, in our KPIs, what we measure is, uh, first of all, every month, obviously, we're, we're we're tracking monthly, which is new MRR, and which is renewal MRR. Um, of w- within the details of the KPIs, we're looking at if we acquire uh, in new MRR, um, uh, we have targets and goals for uh, the average number of new products. We have goals for upselling. So, in our KPIs, um, we're tracking all of that. And then our um, our chief revenue officer, when he's managing his team and working with um, you know, our sales directors and our sales managers around the world, what they're looking is to, uh, you know, to identify where there's shortfalls in each of those metrics and focusing on improving where improvement needs to be made. But but yeah, we are tracking kind of every step along, um, you know, the conversion path from number of leads to uh, uh, leads to qualified leads. Qualified demos conversion rate. So I, I would say that we have a fairly sophisticated um, uh, set of KPIs, and we've got a great uh, head of sales who's managing that and and putting pressure and 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 working to improve where need be. RJ, last economics question here because we're because we're out
0: of time. In terms of aggressiveness on acquiring new brands or logos, um, what are you willing to spend in terms of payback period? Will you spend twelve months, twenty four months?
1: Yeah. Again, those, those are metrics that I know a lot of companies work that way, but we, we don't, it's not exactly how we do it. Like, so what we do is we, each of those products I mentioned, or each of those modules has a, call it a rack rate or a list price. Right. And then we give discounts based on the number of hotels, um, the contract length, and we give a premium or a discount for prepayment. Right. Okay. So what happens is with such a large client base, what we do is our, our willingness Disc is really based on uh, benchmarking of other clients that have similar size properties. And so what we do is we try to stay within the within the guidelines of other clients we have of similar characteristics. Yeah. But all that
0: RJ Boys, I mean, if you have a sophisticated sales team, you have to understand fully weighted CAC. I mean, cause there's commissions there, there's how to get the lead, there's the SDR to AE ratios, there's the customer success person onboarding and upselling over the first year. I mean, do, do you have any barometers in terms of customer acquisition costs?
1: We do, but those things I can't share the details of um, the specific customer acquisition costs because, as I said before, what we do is our approach was very different than in our comp set. It's very much driven off content marketing and our ability to manage remote sales for medium and large brands. So. Um, yeah, no, I get the,
0: that RJ. I totally get that RJ. I get the content. I get all that, but there's still a fully weighted CAC. So if you don't want to show the, like the specific number, let me give you a, a hypothetical. If a brand is going to be worth a $10,000 contract for you over the first year, would you be willing to spend up to 10,000 bucks to get that customer?
1: Well, in the market that we're in today, we're, it's not necessary for us to do that. Our return is, 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 is so you it's can not spend, necessary. You it's, think
0: you can spend five grand to get a 10 grand customer.
1: If I would be willing to spend five grand to get a customer, cause our average customer Our contracts are between a minimum is one year. We don't go month to month, right? That's fine. The shortest shortest contract period is 12 months. Um, Our average contract period is about 26, 27 months, right? So um, again, the... um, the, uh, to invest 5,000 to sign up one of those clients, of course that'd be great business. Well, yeah, but not, um, not
0: any, just any client though. See, payback period's a ratio, right? So like, let's say you pay your salespeople a 10% commission on a two year, $200,000 contract, right? That means you're willing to spend today 20 grand to get a $200,000 contract, just the sales commission. But then you also have the SDRs that set up the demo. You have any paid stuff, the conference you spoke at to get the lead, like all that stuff. I'm just trying to get a sense of payback period ratio you're comfortable with.
1: Yeah. The, to be honest with you, the, the way that we're measuring, it's a little bit different. So I don't have, I can't okay. give you an exact number, but I can say is, what, what I can say is that, um, again, if you look at our marketing, uh, the percentage that we spend on marketing every year as a, well, the percentage of marketing and sales below industry, uh, benchmarks. If you look at, if you look at, um, what we pay per, uh, per qualified lead, um, these numbers, these numbers relative to our, um, average contract size are very, very small. Also what happens, we're in a market because um, of the, there's a finite market to what we're doing, right? So there's, um, it's not a market where if I'm much more aggressive, I can, act, I can go the market significantly, right? There's, I think that there's certain constraints by, by by the size of the hotel market and the segments. And so we manage our business, um, we, we manage our, uh, our business, our expenses, and what we're willing to spend probably in a, you might say in a way that's a little less sophisticated than some of the people you're interviewing. Yeah, but no, I, no, I'm,
0: it's fine. It's not necessarily about sophistication, but, but even if you, let's say if you define a market, there's only a hundred thousand brands to sign up in a world where ideally the per the brand that can spend the most wins, you, you actually really have to understand CAC and lifetime value so that you understand if your economics can support a higher CAC to win the customer in the first place. Um, so we can come back to that. We, I think we beat that to death. So, um, and we're out of time. So let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book?
1: My favorite business book. Well, one that I just read recently that I enjoyed a lot for the personal side was uh, shoe dogs. It's a good one. So I don't know if it's
0: number two, RJ, what's your favorite uh, tool for building your company?
1: Well, I would say right now, oh, um,
0: wait, let me see, let me think about
1: this. Can you, can you ask the question? And give me a thought. To, yeah.
0: Yeah. What well, just, what's the, what's your favorite tool for okay, building a on. company?
1: Well, I would say the tool that's most integrated in our business is Salesforce. Okay. Number three, um, name
0: a uh, name an under the radar CEO that you're following or studying.
1: An under the radar CEO. I should have, I, I should ask for these questions ahead of time. I'm trying to think. That's okay. the, just um,
0: some, just not Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. Someone you meet with in Barcelona because they're another CEO you respect.
1: Yeah. So I mean, for me, uh, Glenn, the CEO of you know such a huge company and ability to innovate and keep growing at such huge scale. To me, this is. This is definitely a CEO of reference for you me. You said Glenn Redfin CEO? No, Glenn
0: is the CEO of Booking.com. Oh, Booking.com CEO. Got it. All right. Uh, number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, I sleep on average five hours a night. That's crazy low. Um, and what's your situation? Married, single, kids? Divorced. No kids?
1: Two kids. I have a 19-year-old daughter and a 21-year-old son.
0: Two kids. Both in university. That's great. And RJ, how old are you? 53, 53. Last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew?
1: I wish my 20 year old self knew how important the details were back then. Back then I didn't pay much attention to details and just, you know, like most kids my age just sort of uh, paid attention to what, what I wanted to. And what I see is every, everything, everything is, is in the details and, and and that's something that that I definitely pay more attention to now than I did back then.
0: Guys, details matter. Founded in two thousand eight, Review Pro now works with over forty five thousand hotel locations, several hundred brands, doing about fifteen million bucks in run rate, or about one point two million bucks per month. They're growing about thirty percent from twenty seventeen to twenty eighteen. So do it. Doing call call it you know uh, uh, well a little less than that. Obviously, about a year ago, they've raised less than five million bucks to grow this brand, and in twenty sixteen sold. 80% of it for about 28 million bucks to a uh, another firm. He uh, RJ is staying on to continue growing the company. Obviously incentivized with equity as well. Economics healthy, less than 10% revenue churn per year. As team his team of 110 people in Barcelona and remote. Again building up these four modules. Probably have some additional ones on the way to continue driving more usage, more adoption, and more value for these hotel brands. RJ, thanks for taking us to the top.